Hey, it's Alana. And Katie. And here's another episode of Black and Yellow coming at ya. What? <laughs> What's good, Black and Yellow Nation? It's good to be back in your eardrums once again. If you are a new listener and you're like, what is the Black and Yellow Nation? This is the Black and Yellow Nation. This wonderful digital safe space where we celebrate all things radically, awesomely, inspiringly Asian or excellently, excellently thought-provokingly black as fuck. Yes. We are happy to have you here. It is the last week of AAPI Heritage Month. Katie, how has it been going for you? Have you been celebrating? Been celebrating, watching all the shows, listening to all the music, doing all <laughs> of the media consumption, and all the food, actually. All the food consumption, too. Uh, we had Indian food tonight. Ooh. And, um, or I guess, you know, you know, what I don't know if it's authentic, but, uh, we had Indian food tonight and I, my son has never tried Indian food before. He is a baby. So, you know, we he's a youngin. Yeah. yeah. He, um, really likes the garlic non bread apparently yeah. to the point that every time he saw me pick it up off my plate, he would put his hands up in fists, put them together and start shaking. <laughs> shaking his fist and you can see his little cheeks bounce oh that is and, so sweet and he would laugh because i was laughing at how he <laughs> I I doing that and he did that <laughs> at, at least 10 times just to That's get the really, bread really precious it was very cute <laughs> if you're a new listener katie and i actually do not live in the same state i'm in california Katie is in Washington state. So we like to do these little check-ins every now and again, other than baby boy, how's life going? Life is going good. I still got my nails and everything. They still fit perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Supporting those businesses. Yes. Awesome. For sure. How have you been? Good. My housekeeper is upstairs. So I'm like, crossing my fingers that she doesn't kick on the vacuum cleaner Mm. and just to be clear i'm not some sort of fancy bougie person after 10 years 11 years of my fiance and i owning our house and doing literally doing all we can to keep it clean somewhere in the pandemic we just look at each other and we were like we got to get someone in here to do this deep cleaning we have to get (laughs) someone in here like we tried we gave it the good old 10-year college try we need to call in reinforcements. So currently I'm like crossing my fingers that she does not kick on the vacuum cleaner. But other than that, life is good, G. That's good. That's good. There's nothing wrong with that. Sometimes they only they can get out like those deep stains and Well, I have a friend who's really quiet and shameful about like having a, a maid or a housekeeper. Uh, I, I, apparently I think maid is like not PC. Mm. Um and she's very quiet about it. And I told mm. her that I was prepping this episode I was probably going to mention on the show and she was like you have a housekeeper don't tell people that don't you feel ashamed and I'm like no why (laughs) well because then people won't think you can't keep your house clean and I'm like I can't yeah think about that that's what I thought too I was like uh I don't I don't know if that's the the point though yeah (laughs) (laughs) the the point of why you have them listen I'm also fully here to say I, as a business owner, my fiance is a business owner. We're, we're like busy people. And you know what? Sometimes the deep cleaning just falls to the wayside. And mm-hmm. we are just at that point where we're like, let's just bring someone in. So he or can you try so hard and you just can't get it out. And you feel like a failure. Yeah. You feel real. like, what is wrong with me? And so, like, he blows glass. I make podcasts. Let's just keep making good work. And we just mm-hmm. get someone in to, to clean the house. There you go. That's it. But what are we talking about today, yeah. Katie? Oh, sorry, today, distracted. <laughs> that's okay. That's totally okay. But I have literal goosebumps because I think you and I have two very different yeah, uh, stances what on I, today's topic. That's what I gathered. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, today's episode is sure to, you know, stir up some strong emotions one way or the other. And uh, the... Today's topic is a national pastime, we can say. A fun thing to do with friends, family members, bonding experience with colleagues, um, or a health risk during the pandemic because um, it generally Uh revolves around a lot of people being together in a a space, usually a small space, uh, and it doesn't always 
drum up great feelings depending on who you are and uh, your personal preferences, I would say. So some people love it because they grew up doing it. Um, it makes appearances at birthday parties, sleepovers, all of those things. Some people hate it because it just gives you huge feelings of dread or embarrassment or peer pressure even. Yeah. Um, and also, I would say most people mispronounce the word. <laughs> um, myself included, I was corrected earlier. I disagree. And, I think you uh, say it right. The word that either makes you smile and go, oh, that's great. I love it. Or strikes fear and it makes you go like, ooh, I want nothing to do with this. I'm going to stand in the back corner facing away from everything mm-hmm. is the topic of our episode, which is karaoke. Uh, <laughs> I love that you said it right. I love that you said it right because I hate how we butcher it for the most mm. part. Like I hate how Americans call it karaoke. Even though if you look at it phonetically, it's K-A-R-A-O-K-E. Just saying, like, I feel like that word has been mangled over and over again, which is sort of funny because we can say karate in the United States, but for some reason we can't say... Now I'm going to get... Now I feel (laughs) self-conscious saying it. Karaoke. Did I say it right? I think you did. Okay, girl. It sounded right. I'm already sweating up under these pits because I just feel <laughs> like I feel like I'm now going to be mispronouncing it all this episode is, This is my life. This is my husband corrects me on, on all these terms because it's a <gasps> Japanese term. Right. And he, totally. Yeah. And he grew up with all of the correct pronunciations. Ooh. Um, yeah. Well, so he's I the pronunciation that. police, but not on this episode because you're doing it, girl. <laughs> you're, you're doing it so well that I'm, I'm sweating. I'm like, damn, I'm going to mispronounce this. Well, for purposes of this episode, even though it might feel obvious and people might all sort of know what it is, we're just going to go ahead and define it so we're all on the same page and working off the same definition. So it's a type of interactive entertainment which makes use of a device or machine that plays only the instrumental versions of popular songs so that everybody or anybody can complete the song by singing the omitted vocals with the aid of a microphone. The lyrics of the song are usually displayed on the device's screen in order to allow singers to sing along to the song or just to harmonize or whatever along to the song. Mm. Uh, The device or machine that plays the popular songs and displays the lyrics is called a karaoke machine, obviously. But just, hey, wanted to put that out there. And that is as per singingbell.com. So... I have to ask the obvious jumping off question here, (laughs) which is, Katie, Mm -hmm. how do you feel about karaoke? I don't know. I kind of feel like I like being in the moment. I don't like being the, like, main vocalist. Got it. I've been to a karaoke room in Korea. I've been to friends' houses who had the karaoke machines and we would, you know, play and dance with them. Yeah. I've seen karaoke machines in Korean dramas, Korean game shows, um, it, which is something that I'll talk about later as well. There's a specific Korean variety show that likes to, uh, I guess, show new editions of how you can have karaoke fun. Um, so they have like a roller coaster karaoke edition. Oh, okay, got it. They have um, like a gym karaoke edition where it's attached to all of the weights and all of the different uh, gym equipment, and you have to use the equipment, like pull it up to you or whatever it may be to, yeah, to be able to sing into it. And obviously, if your voice is not in the microphone, like, and then it's yeah. not picking up on you, you're not going to score very high. Ah. So, There are games like that that I grew up watching, or not grew up, but as an adult, I've watched over the years with um, my husband and other family. And I've also seen, you know, U.S. TV shows, um, U.S., um, I guess, game shows or interview shows like James Gordon's Mm -hmm. Carpool Karaoke. And at least with the TV shows in particular, it's always, you know, being on stage, being super embarrassed, being drunk, being off key. And so... I like watching it because I think it's funny and entertaining. And obviously that's why every TV show has done it. 
Um, but in terms of being there in real life, I'm not so sure because I wouldn't want to be that person. <laughs> I get um, that. But if you need me to play tambourine or sing backup vocals or be a dancer or something, I wouldn't mind that. I, as long as I'm not like the front and center person and all the attention isn't on me. Um, because I have strong FOMO. Like I, I will not ah. lie. So I have the the fear of missing out. So I like to be in on the fun, just not the center of the attention of the fun. Sure. Um, and yeah, and growing up, my big thing about karaoke was that I don't I don't feel like I know a lot of songs. Huh. So a lot of the times people would choose certain songs. Um, and actually recently at work I did a art there's a trivia uh, game and there was like Netflix, there was R and B music, Beyonce, like all these different like topics. I did not win because of the R and B section. <laughs> which, ah, which okay. I, and Beyonce, I'm sorry. Um, Got it. That's okay. Beyonce and Riri, I just don't know enough. I, draw I see the them all the Riri. time. I see them on media. <laughs> I won't listen to their music. But apparently, I don't know enough. That is okay. Um, yeah. So if I knew more songs, I knew more lyrics. Not that I have to know because it's on the screen, but I think it does sure. help when you have a general idea of like when to breathe and like because the artist breathes at this moment or, you know, whatever it may sure. be. What Two things regarding what you just said. First things first, yeah. I bet you had a nice break from feeling FOMO with the pandemic. Oh, yes, for sure. So I like, get ready, girl, because. Full FOMO feelings are coming back as the world oh, yeah. reopens. Oh, I know. And then secondly, it's interesting that you you bring up the R&B bit mm. because I do feel like growing up, excuse me, growing up and going to karaoke parties, there was a difference between the karaoke that my white friends did and mm. the karaoke that my black friends and family did. Yeah, they were they were definitely two different assortments of song selections, mm -hmm. and uh, I'll say like song selections and uh, um, other ways of livening up the song, i.e., like different sort of dance sequences mm -hmm. and things like that. Black yeah, people also really like to bust out the like costumes or mm. like suggestive pieces yeah that was a thing that like my white friends didn't really do at their karaoke parties but i understand what you mean about like not understanding one genre of music or maybe not having a handle on it and that mm. seems to be the genre that the the, the group wants to sing yeah it's like, like yeah yeah, mm -hmm. it's yeah like the barbie me, girl song versus oh God, okay i was gonna say like folk and country somehow oh, i was yeah, at yeah. a super bowl party a couple of years ago and there was a karaoke machine it was a lot of folksy country songs like really? all my exes live in texas and i had never heard of that song before nor did hmm. i know that this man's the singer of the song all his exes live in texas that's why he <laughs> hangs his hat in tennessee like <laughs> <laughs> someone's so whole totally, life story yeah so i totally get you um, at least you have some warm feelings about it, because let me say in no uncertain terms, mm. to be explicitly clear, I hate karaoke. <gasps> I hate karaoke. I hate karaoke. I hate it all. Aww. I've never been a karaoke person. Um, <laughs> my friends know that socially I have two rules. I do not go to places with sticky floors, so I'm generally oh. not kicking it. I don't blame you. <laughs> No, like a sticky floor is an easy way to get me it's to gross. not, yeah, to not spend money at your establishment. And Every the second is karaoke. Party. I don't do karaoke. If it's a place with sticky floors that's doing karaoke, I will take two <laughs> steps in immediately right out the front door. Like, no, thank you. Because oh I'm gosh. again with you. Like, I don't want to hear someone singing poorly. It's like noise pollution. Mm. And I kind of, my counter is I like to dance wildly. Like I'm very much the person who likes to mm. go out and dance like no one's watching. Mm -hmm. And my answer is like, look, when someone's dancing crazy, I can go to a corner and just dance wildly by myself. Right. Right. Like I'm not like bothering someone else. I'm not knocking right. into other people or even worse. I'm not controlling what other people are hearing. Right. You're not hurting their ears. Right. Mm -hmm. But with karaoke, like, 
like hand the drunk individual the mic and let them go at it. Um, no, thank you. Like, I don't consent to this. I don't like this. Yeah. Um, I've never done karaoke in Asia. I've done it more than once in America, which is one too many times for me, quite <laughs> frankly. Whether it's like the parties or the private rooms or the reception after events, like I've done it enough. Oh. I'm not a fan. I think it has to do with the fact. So karaoke machines in the 90s, early aughts felt like it had a moment mm -hmm. where a lot of kids that I knew and myself included had karaoke machines or like those karaoke um, microphones yeah. in their house. And so, oh. yeah, and so it didn't, it felt very trendy and less like novelty-like. Yeah. It felt very much like a uh, a stamp of adolescence. Mm -hmm. And it did feel like karaoke machines during the 90s were marketed to parents as some sort of like party in a box situation. A loud box. Yeah, it's like <laughs> endless hours of entertainment for your children and their friends. That shit is a scam. And I saw through that when I was a <laughs> child. I was like, hmm, a karaoke party? I know what that means. That means there's going to be nothing else to do with this party other than be forced to sing and eat cake. I'm down for the latter, but don't force me to do the former. So I was, mm. I think from a very young age, I was like, mm, I don't like this. Like, don't force me to participate in something that I don't want to participate in and and as i yeah. said before like black karaoke parties and white karaoke parties were two very different types of karaoke's mm. and then i don't know if you have this in your neighborhood or you can remember this if, if this does exist but pre-pandemic there is a karaoke meetup group that happens in my neighborhood and they seem to uh, descend on a local bowling alley and they t they're the kind of karaokeers that take karaoke way too seriously oh and they're kind of a strange bunch okay. and so i think somewhere in my mind i'm like karaoke attracts weird people mm. like the couples who think it's cute to do like cute little duets of like frankie beverly and mays or sunny and Cher mm -hmm. or you know, singing Islands in the Stream, which I don't think anyone needs to hear that song ever again. <laughs> or like you have the karaoke hog who's really good or the karaoke hog who's terrible or like yeah. the terrible drunk person. Yeah. Or the person who like picks the most basic songs that we never need to hear again. What like I have the, the tiger. Don't stop believing, Billy Jean. Oh, yes. I will survive. Like I'm yep. over all of those songs. Or the other side of that spectrum is like the the, the person who wants you to think they're cool and super into music. Mm. They pick a super unknown, esoteric song that yeah, no one cares about, no one knows, and you've already just killed the buzz because at least the person before you was rocking out to "I Love Rock and Roll" and kind of had us paying attention and focus and here you come with some sort of king crimson deep cut that we've never heard of and people mm -hmm. are now like going outside to the restroom or like smoking cigarettes or whatever so yep. i don't have the warmest feelings about karaoke to say the least mm -hmm. i'm getting flashes of our lactose intolerance episode <laughs> <laughs> i'm like already getting that flash and we've just started this episode got a long way to go i totally so we're talking about karaoke today. Uh, before we get into that, though, we are going to do our small business segment. It's called Put Your Money Where Your Mouth Is. And this is the part of our show where we encourage you, dear listeners, to engage in economic protest. Vote loud, vote proud, vote with your dollars. And so generally, during the regular other months of the year, uh, Katie would choose an Asian-owned business. I would choose an African-American-owned business. Because this is Asian American Pacific Islander Heritage Month, we are both choosing Asian-owned businesses. This is our last one of the month. We're going out strong. Katie, mm -hmm. what you got? So if you heard our last episode, I just found another call to action for you. <gasps> Woo! The Grown Up Asian is a life coaching program for Asian professional women who may feel overwhelmed, stuck, or lost and want to create their own path in a life that they love. You can find them on Instagram at the grown up Asian. 
uh, Jenny and Kathleen are the founders of the Grown Up Asian, and they are Asian American physicians and life coaches. They created the Grown Up Asian to support and guide fellow Asian sisters to make their own path, not the path family or society wanted or created for them. So Jenny and Kathleen understand the personal and professional pressures Asian women face in society and in the workforce, and they help them not only deeply understand themselves, but also feel empowered, connected, and supported by an entire community of Asian women. You can find The Grown Up Asian at www.thegrownupasian.com. Silent on my clap. Silent on my <laughs> clap. I love it. It feels like we should reach out to Jenny and Kathleen and have them on because that sounds like yeah. a really amazing uh, organization that they have They're put together. I'm sure. too. <laughs> I love that. Jerry on top. Ever, I, I don't ever that. see Asian doctors. Like, I don't really know any. So. Ooh, I'll reach out. We'll, we'll, we'll send an email and try and get them on the show. It feels like they would be a great... I feel like they'd be two great women to, to yeah. put into the black and yellow fold and super inspiring women just to, to know and to talk to. Yeah. Sick. Thank you for recommending that. Uh, okay. Well, I will finish this out. I chose Blue Land on Instagram. They're at Blue Land, or I should say on social, they're at Blue Land. And Blue Land is a company reimagining cleaning to end single use plastics. Oh. Blue Land makes eco friendly cleaning supplies such as laundry and dish detergent hand soap, multi-surface cleaner, and mirror cleaner using as little packaging as possible. So the owner says, quote, my journey to use less plastic, my journey to use less single-use plastic began when I became a new mom, end quote, says Sarah Pajiyu, co-founder and CEO of Blue Land. Quote, I founded Blue Land with the belief that we shouldn't have to sacrifice a clean home for a clean planet, end mm-hmm. quote. Totally agree with that. Um, I discovered Blue Land through the good old Google machine. Mm-hmm. So I got a new dishwasher not too long ago. Yes, my pan, my dishwasher was broken the entirety of the pandemic. I oh was the dishwasher. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, upon getting it in and installed, I wanted to look for dishwasher tablets that didn't have that thin coating of plastic. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I won't, I won't call out the big commercial uh, 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 manufacturers of these products. No shade to them. But I just didn't want those that thin plastic uh, anywhere in my household or in my dishwasher. Um, so I Google searched. Blue Land came up. I placed an order, but I haven't actually gotten the tablets yet. But online reviews seem promising. So as soon as I okay. get them, I'll report back. Stay tuned. Yeah. I'm very, very excited about it. Yeah, you have to compare too. Like, I wonder if um, <laughs> you should wash a plate with the plastic and one without, and oh. compare them. You want a full like commercial? <laughs> <laughs> I want the full details. I want we'll to see, see every. I mean, spec. I definitely think I'm going to do like a very gentle rinse for both. Mm. Like, I feel like some people wash their dishes and then stick them in the dishwasher, and I don't really get that. Yeah. So I think I'm going to do like a very, a very easy casual rinse just to see like the quality of them. But I'm putting my faith in them because really I don't want that neck, that like yucky plastic. It's pretty thick actually too. Like, Oh, is it? Well, I think the plastic is pretty thick. Huh, I I always thought it was rather thin, but you can be, listen. I mean, it could be different plastic. brands. I mean. That's true. Fair enough. Yes. And I cannot, I don't know what brand we have upstairs currently, but it's about to be Blue Land oh, as either. soon as it gets here. So yeah, you have to tell us for sure. Uh, I will put links to both of these businesses in show notes, but shall we get back to karaoke? Yes, let's do it. Woo. So karaoke is a huge business in Asia. There are businesses that are strictly just for karaoke. So they have private rooms or stalls uh, and individuals or groups of people can rent them out for hours. And sometimes certain ones have food and beverage options as well. So you can literally spend all day in a private room with friends, family members, rocking out to your favorite tunes. I think some places are soundproof as well. So you have your own privacy. You can avoid embarrassment unless you're with friends and you like trip and fall or super out of tune or something, right? Um, <laughs> And the cost is relatively cheap in Asia. So um, there are some places where you can rent the room and have unlimited alcoholic beverages 
for like ten dollars per person per hour or something like that um which is yeah so i can get why why it's super popular especially if you have the machine at home um so yeah privacy cheap beverages thousands of song choices and um usually in asia they also include songs from outside of the country so you would have Mm. like justin bieber songs and aria grande songs bruno mars songs like all over the world songs so there's usually a bigger selection to choose from because you can choose you know songs from pretty much every everywhere yeah (laughs) unlike that sounds that in ways here you discuss doing karaoke in asia sort of sounds like playing golf here where in theory like golf can be an all-day event seems Mm -hmm. like karaoke can be an all-day event karaoke as similar to golf can be done with family if you are the kind of family that golfs because karaoke is is cost effective and obviously it's family friendly it's i mean it's karaoke um you could do it with family all day you can Mm -hmm. eat and drink the way that you would at the clubhouse i Mm -hmm. i guess i never thought about that parallel until hearing you talk about it but that's a really fantastic business model to Mm -hmm. catch on here and i think one part of the reason that karaoke is such big business in places where it's popular places like the philippines which loves karaoke (laughs) and korea singing is a big part of the culture versus here in america where we're not big on communal singing events and occurrences yeah so like americans are used to singing together to uh varying degrees right i'm thinking like happy birthday or singing take me out to the ball game during a really (laughs) long seventh inning stretch at a baseball game i know the red sox have this weird inexplicable tradition of singing sweet caroline by neil young at fenway park i don't know but yeah okay um we do a lot of singing in unison when we're younger yes i'm thinking of like all of the mommy and me sing-alongs for infants and toddlers that are held Mm -hmm. at like shopping centers and parks and other recreational spaces school holiday programs where kids sing holiday ditties together Mm -hmm. or if we're like moving later into adult life or young adult life things like uh birthdays things like celebrations that commemorate a big event uh general like reunion or familial type gatherings Mm. will also probably do some singing but after that communal singing feels like it dries up i mean there used to even be a legion of people who would sing old lang syne to ring in new years but that tradition is dying along with the people who upheld that tradition in the first place Mm. i think if you ask like the average gen xer millennial gen zer and generation alpha i think is the new generation 2005 up until now if you ask them what old lang syne is they'd probably look at you like huh exactly exactly americans just don't sing with people like we just don't sing along together and you can blame Mm. any number of reasons we're insecure you blame that on the american idol effect meaning if you get up on the stage and sing you better be open and willing (laughs) to getting simon cowled if you are bad which only further breeds insecurity and a reluctance to get up and sing at all we give no love to your you know, simple songstresses, your casual crooners, or your lovely lounge singers of yesteryear. Mm. We're insecure because we don't know the words to songs. We hate forced social activities in the name of togetherness. (laughs) We feel lame. And as Mm -hmm. a culture, we are out of practice when it comes to singing together. Thus, we don't do it. Yeah. Even like musicals. Mm. Is I feel like as a society we look down on musicals. Yeah, sadly, but yes, I agree with you. Keep and, going. Uh, and so I just think of that when you're saying that. I was just thinking of, well, we do have musicals still, which is sometimes a group singing effort, depending on what the song is. Sure. But society as a whole looks down on musicals and sees it as lame, unless yeah. it's Hamilton. 
for so sure totally for sure. totally falls into what you're saying it's same with acapella yeah. same well, because thing. the knock on to oh yes <laughs> acapella groups absolutely we consider those people dweebs and then when it comes to musical theater we we i feel like people don't take musical theater seriously because my fiance says this all the time people don't bust out into song in life like we don't pass a person That's that we think we're genre. falling in love with <laughs> We don't pass people that we think we're falling in love with on the subway or on the freeway and just start singing, which is very valid and true. That being said, in a good musical, the music is there to help push the story along. In right. a bad musical, the music is painful. But that's a whole yeah. different conversation. I was also going to say, it depends on if you're a musical theater actor, because yeah. then you might actually just sing when the person that you love walks by. Yeah, <laughs> I did go to an arts high school. And you know what? That was actually a common occurrence. It was so common that it became normal. So you're very right about that. Okay. I, I remember seeing um, a wedding. Uh, I wasn't there, but it's on YouTube. Uh, Derek Klenna's wedding. And he's a Broadway singer. Hmm. And he sang as part of his... Um, vows and i was like that is very a uh, broadway musical singer of you to do yeah but I, but I can't say i don't like it so really see i would look at my fiance and be like don't, don't oh no no no. my husband no 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 i would uh, not have him sing to me i was just i like derek's voice great and, and he's not singing at me or to me <laughs> yeah. so i'm fine with it like, I don't know if I'd be on be good to be on the receiving end of a serenade. I wouldn't know what to do with myself. Yeah. Yeah. You see those people and they're like <laughs> smiling and just staring and they look like they're in love. And I'm like, <sighs> I could not. I would cringe. Yeah, definitely. Also, I feel like after 30 seconds a minute, it's like, okay, how much longer, <laughs> how much more are we going to do with this? Really? Like, I, you love me. I love you. Like, I'm, you know. I fill your heart with laughter and light and all that other shit. <laughs> How much longer, really? <laughs> or can I sit next to you and not stare at you? It's, yeah. Is that, is that okay, too? Ugh. Like, Oh, a serenade. <laughs> How awkward. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> for as much as Americans do not love singing in public, um, but actually I just thought of, this one guy who purposely sings off key in public to see people's reactions and they are horrendous reactions. And, and you're doing that to get a response. Cause if that right. person passed me on the street, you would get no love. Cause I yeah. would feel like you're trying to get something out of me. Oh, it's yeah. It's extreme. It's like, I'm trying to act as weird and like awkward and opposite of society's normal as mm. possible to the point that you like, I feel like some people were about to call the police on him. Sure. I'm sure. So, Noise pollution. Like that. Yeah. There are <laughs> things like that. It's funny only when you know what's going on and you have context. Anyway, <laughs> do not love singing in public. We love featuring karaoke scenes in movies for comedic effect, rom-com romantic moments of serenades, mm -hmm. like we just mentioned, using karaoke as a function for allowing a character to come out of their shell. Um, there are classic karaoke movie scenes like Jim Carrey with the Lisp, seeing unforgettable rendition of Jefferson Airplane's Somebody to Love. That's also another popular one, I feel like. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Joseph Gordon-Levitt crooning Here Comes Your Man by the Pixies in 500 Days of Summer. Jennifer Love, all these three names. Jennifer I know. Love <laughs> Jennifer Love Hewitt singing in all too on the nose i will survive in i know what you did last summer is super spot on the nose uh-huh <laughs> chris tucker Very. oh my gosh yes chris tucker butchering don't stop till you get enough of michael jackson rochard too i remember that one he did the kick and everything <laughs> <laughs> uh seth mcfarlane as ted singing hootie in the blue and the blowfish's biggest song only want to be with you in ted uh let's see Renee Zellweger singing Without You by Badfinger and Bridget Jones' Diary. And of course, Lost in Translation that hit us with a double karaoke moment. First was Scarlett Johansson's, which I didn't even realize that she sang until she did the animated movie. But anyway. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't. 
I guess I don't watch enough of her to, to know, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> clad in a pink wig, singing Brass in Pockets by The Pretenders, and Bill Murray doubling down on the karaoke realness by performing Elvis Costello's What's So Funny About Peace, Love, and Understanding, and the Roxy Music Ballad more than this. Karaoke and TV shows, um, at least in my personal experience watching them, usually shows the character trying to prove that they can sing or are talented in some way through singing. Mm. I don't know what that has to do with that. Or it could also be shown, <laughs> I don't know how proving that you're good or that you can do something more than your job can be proven with singing. But I, I'm not a singer. I can be proven wrong. Same. Um, sometimes it's also used to show a character coming out of their shell, just like with movies or are trying to prove that they are more than blank skill, blank identity, blank mm-hmm. job. Um, and like that the they, dweeb, the nerd, the loser. Yeah, it's like yeah. the glow up essentially. Sure. Yeah. Where you're like, let me show you this giant glow up of, of me and how I'm awesome, which is, uh, a nice difference with, you know, thinking about, being on stage, being super drunk, embarrassing. So I think it, it is a nice change to see someone who, first of all, is sober. Sure. Second of all, purposely has a nice, like, I would say, Boys. yeah, nice yeah. glow up and feels empowered and is doing this because they have confidence and, and other things. Um, the examples that I was able to think of um, was Caroline in The Vampire Diaries, superhero Barry Allen in The Flash, superhero Cara Danvers, in Supergirl, because she says she puts the Kara in karaoke. Um, <laughs> so she said she didn't. She didn't say it that way though. She definitely said it. I think she said it the other way. But um, pretty much all of Glee, mm-hmm. um, Emma on Legacies, uh, yeah, and then there's also episodes on the TV shows House, Angel, The Office, Friends, Park and Rec, How I Met Your Mother. Um, I thought this was funny. Uh, Dean as a demon singing I'm too sexy and supernatural. Don't uh, watch supernatural, sorry. Oh, I only watch select episodes because mm-hmm. sometimes it kind of gives me the heebie jeebies. Okay. There's a Scooby Doo episode where they go into the TV and it, they're all cartoonized mm-hmm. uh, and it has the entire like Scooby Doo gang and other. Got it. So I, I watch those because they're not as scary. Uh, okay, fair enough. Then you also have Community, Boy Meets World. The list goes on and on and on. Basically, um, in doing the research, every 90s TV show has an episode with karaoke in it. (laughs) Yeah, 90s, early aughts, like, karaoke was a thing, 100%. I completely Mm -hmm. forgot about the music, though, in Community. Ah, what a great, underappreciated television show. That's my life. I love, I love, I love. I'm literally watching Mythic Quest right now. Because mm. I love Daniel Pudi. I know shit mm. about video games. I love Daniel Pudi. He was my favorite part of that show. Yeah. Total digression, but I totally understand what you mean by all of that. It did feel like there had, like in the 90s and early aughts, it felt like there had to be an obligatory makeover scene mm-hmm. and some sort of obligatory, like karaoke, sort of musical performance. Uh, oh, yeah, musical scene. episodes too. Yeah, like yeah. that felt very uh, obligatory. Even Buffy the Vampire Slayer had a mm-hmm. musical episode. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One thing that I think Katie and I did not expect when we decided to to cover this topic was the history of karaoke. Oh yeah, which is actually quite extensive. I didn't realize this. I didn't so either. let's get into it, shall we? Yes. So karaoke is made up of two Japanese words, kara, which means empty in English, and oki, which is the short form of orchestra. So the word karaoke in English means empty orchestra. So the machine itself was first invented in the city of Kobe, Japan in the early 1970s, uh, to be specific, 1971, by a Japanese musician named Daisuke Inoue. The idea came to him when a client of his who only knew how to sing to Inoue's uh, keyboard playing needed him to back him up with his keyboard while he sung. Hmm. So Inoue was unable to accompany his client to the event. So he recorded a number of songs on a tape recorder in keys that were very compatible with his client's voice. So the hope was that Inoue's client could use 
the instrumental recordings on the tape as a support during his performance. The client went away with the tape recorder, with the songs on tape supporting him, and his performance went brilliantly. So upon his return from the event, he asked in no way if he could record more songs for him to sing. So it was at this point that the idea of the karaoke machine dawned on in no way. And with the help of an acquaintance, he built the world's first karaoke machine in 1971. Mm. The machine was equipped with a speaker, a microphone, an amplifier, and a coin box that had the ability to play songs when money was put inside of it. Oh, now, okay. Right. I did. I, so, so it, so it like feels a jukebox. like I was going to say part <laughs> karaoke machine, part jukebox. Okay. Portable he, jukebox. Yeah. Well, I don't know how portable it was. Okay. Because this is still 1971. So I'm going to assume that like, even though the idea was good, the packaging probably wasn't as slick and the parts were probably cumbersome, but I could mm. be wrong. So here's the twist that you might not have seen coming. Okay. So Inoue failed to patent his invention because Mm. he never knew or thought that the karaoke machine would become globally demanded. So as a result of his failure to patent his invention, an audio company called Clarion went on to become the world's first commercial producers of the karaoke machine. (gasps) I know. Mike drop. I know. So due to price and not yet regular availability, early karaoke machines were often found in hotels, restaurants, and bars where they would allow customers to have fun while enjoying their meals and drinks. Mm. So having gained immense popularity in Japan, karaoke machines and karaoke began spreading fast to other parts of the world and soon became a worldwide phenomenon. Mm. So we start getting a glimpse of, uh, I'll call it private room karaoke in the 1980s when the creation of the karaoke box preceding the karaoke machine took over uh, the karaoke world. So the box was launched in 1980. Uh, A karaoke box is simply a private room that comes with microphones and karaoke players. These karaoke boxes are normally found in karaoke bars and establishments and give a customer the unique opportunity of singing in a private environment instead of in front of instead of in front of other customers or strangers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When the karaoke machines were first introduced in the 1970s, they were basically made up of cassette tape players and eight track cartridges. The machines came along with printed lyric sheets so that the karaoke singer could look at the printed lyrics while they sang. In the 1980s, oh, the 1980s saw a shift from cassette player karaoke machines to laser disc technology based machines. That's a huge upgrade. It is a very big upgrade. <laughs> <laughs> huge. It's like, dang. This new change brought a significant improvement in the karaoke experience since it gave karaoke lovers the opportunity to watch the video of the lyrics of the song while they sung. Um, starting from the 1990s, the communication karaoke was introduced to the industry. These karaoke machines gave karaoke singers the unique opportunity to sing songs and watch karaoke music videos from commercial content providers located in remote locations. Unlike the older karaoke machines, which allowed karaoke karaoke singers to play songs that were only physically available, oh my gosh, physically available in the karaoke establishment they found themselves. This brilliant communication system made it possible for one to request virtually any song from anywhere. So, for example, if you wanted to play a Prince song which wasn't physically available in the bar or restaurant that you found yourself in, you could easily request it from a remote vendor and play it. Reminds me of a library. (laughs) Yeah, a little bit, for sure. Uh, These days, you can do karaoke from the comfort of your own home or on the go. All you need is a good internet connection and a computer or a mobile device. There are also several karaoke apps, uh, which can turn your smartphone into a karaoke machine. With karaoke apps, you get to see the lyrics of the songs on your smartphone screen while you sing along to the instrumental version of the song that is played on the phone. There are also numerous websites that offer free and high-quality karaoke services. 
I don't know who needs to have karaoke on the you go. You might as well just sing, like. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> For all that, you might as well just walk down the street singing. Unless you're a singer practicing whatever. and you need to, you don't want to harmonize with the original voice or something. Sure. I, sure then I sure. understand. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> as much as I laugh, just because really I'm laughing because it's it's coming from a place of, of, of karaoke hatred, really. I'm laughing mm. to keep from crying. Um, karaoke apps were, became, had a, saw a surge in 2017 and 2018. I and no I would not be surprised if they saw a, a surge in 2020 as well. People were bored and needed shit to do. And apparently karaoke is a thing that people worldwide do and enjoy doing and you know if you're not a vocalist who's game to you know putting something on soundcloud or maybe singing singing on like tiktok karaoke mm-hmm. is a great i guess uh, alternative option if you will yeah but there are some cultural differences between the way that we do karaoke here in the united states and how it's done in asia so Katie and I are going to split up the cultural differences part. I'm going to take USA. Katie's going to take Asia. And we're going to go ping pong back and forth. Just talk a little bit about the differences. So in the U.S., karaoke is generally on stage, oftentimes in a bar in front of a room full of strangers or acquaintances or bowlers. If you're in Eagle Rock, California. And maybe friends. (laughs) Maybe. Pushed you to do it. (laughs) (laughs) In Asia, karaoke is enjoyed in private rooms rented to individuals or groups, often soundproof, sometimes with flashing lights, props, and more to add to the experience. So that's bomb. So you're not just like singing and hearing like bowling balls roll down a lane. It's <laughs> true. It's like, yay, one. <laughs> Point for Asia. Got it. In the United States, it's not common to see karaoke machines in houses or at house parties. Gone are the mm. days of, of owning your own karaoke machine now it feels like people rent them if they want them at parties if they're there at all yeah they don't want to buy and commit yeah (laughs) for sure in places like the philippines or korea it is common to see karaoke machines in people's homes parents encourage their kids to use their karaoke machines which translates when they are older to having i would say Maybe not courage, but being more comfortable with karaoke machines and singing in public. Sure. And yeah. Point for Asia. It's two for Asia, zero for the United <laughs> States. Got it. Okay. Uh, coworkers and companies generally in the United States will go on retreats or go out to a bar for happy hour after work. But the feeling of doing some sort of mandatory hangout post work in the United States is not super common, which tends to also be when karaoke uh, outings tend to happen in Asia. Yes. Um, karaoke can be seen as a team building exercise or a fun activity to do with coworkers after work, maybe even before work. Uh, I know at least in Korea, people are up until like 4 a.m. sometimes. Um, in many Asian countries, it is expected that you go out with your coworkers after work. Um, and karaoke is a popular choice of activity. Yeah, I would definitely say here in the United States, if you choose not to go out with your coworkers after work, it's not like you're not as ostracized Mm -hmm. in the way that I do think I think you are if you are in Asian countries, which I, in my opinion, is just directly tied to respect and, well, team building more or less. But I'll give this one a draw. I don't know. I don't think anyone should have to be forced (laughs) to sing after work. (laughs) (laughs) I think once you're off the clock, you could you should be able to do whatever you want to do. Mm. In the United States, karaoke can get expensive. Oh, real. Mm-hmm. Getting into the bar, paying for a couple of drinks and food. Mm-hmm. If you are in one of those places that has the private rooms, I know in Chinatown and Little Tokyo, that's generally where the private rooms are located. I know that those are not super cheap and only uh-huh. go up in cost, the amount of people that you have in your party. And look, real talk, anything more than five people in those rooms, it gets hot. Okay? Mm -hmm. It's not fun. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Even if you're up there with Adele singing her heart out, I'm just like, oh, get me out of here. I don't want to be here. It's too hot. But again, I might, this might be a point for Asia. I feel like we've covered this, this particular point, but. Oh, I bet they have air conditioning. I wonder if they have air conditioning. Mm. Uh, Karaoke is 
in Asia is relatively cheap. In some countries and karaoke places have unlimited food and drink options for about $10 per person per hour. Point for Asia. <laughs> Just so it's stuff like, your face. Yeah, it's like three points for Asia. One was a draw and zero for the United States. Great. Uh, karaoke bars and machines can have anywhere from a couple hundred songs to a thousand songs. I also want to caveat that by saying as our country gets more and more di- as our society, excuse me, gets more and more diverse and our mm. tastes start to change. Um, there's this idea that we don't have the same pool of shared songs mm-hmm. like we used to back in the 60s, 70s and 80s and 90s, because there's so many different ways to get content and so many ways to get music. Mm-hmm. The idea of there's a base of songs that we all understand and pull from is becoming less and less a reality. Like your songs are not necessarily my songs sort of a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, karaoke machines in Asia and I would say karaoke rooms have 10,000 plus songs, including songs from the U S I think I saw it was like 30,000 songs and like maybe 10,000 songs or like 5,000 songs are from the U S what if you're indecisive and can't make a decision? Because I would see like a, no a, a, a menu of 10,000 songs and be like, close. I don't, I, where do I start? How do I choose? I don't know. Yeah, you'd have to know the songs to then yeah. choose. For sure. Well, while we're on the topic, if you, like, do you have a karaoke song? You can. I know with, um, well, at least I guess with watching Korean shows, the singers, you know, like the professional singers, they would say, there's always a song that I would sing every time I went to a karaoke room because it was either a song that like gave me all the feels. It was a song that made me feel happy or reminded me about, you know, something uh, I lost got it. or it was a song that is in my key and makes me sound better because mm. I don't have to reach a note okay. um, or it was a song that, you know, I practiced really hard and it, gave me a debut or, or whatnot got it okay for different reasons interesting point for not asia. pertaining to us but <laughs> true definitely uh point for asia for all the the, the variants though for sure mm. so in the u.s karaoke bars sometimes have live bands where singers sing with a live band instead of the pre-recorded track from the karaoke machine sometimes like that. that's successful but sometimes that can get janky mm-hmm. because you're used to what the studio recording is and the and what timing if the band doesn't know yeah or what if the band is like doing their own thing putting their own tank <laughs> on it and you're like oh <laughs> okay wasn't ready for that but that happens a lot if you watch like uh I, the first one that came to mind is um oh how to lose the guy in 10 days with matthew mcconaughey oh yeah and he's like hey i'm just gonna you know start singing this song you're you'll you'll yeah. catch on just follow my cues and it's like does it really work that way? <laughs> yes, actually, but it can also work. So yes, that's the mortifying example. I was at Burning Man one time and we were in a, it was a karaoke bar, but it was meant to look like an old timey saloon. Oh. And they had saloon type drinks and a woman got up and she was like, I want to sing Toxic by Britney Spears. And they began <laughs> to do Toxic the way that they would that that the band imagined toxic would be done at a western saloon oh that's kind of cool and it was really cool because she happened to have a really twangy voice mm. so it sounded great but also that feels like a very specific like you've yeah. got on the same page and yeah. really understanding and knowing music and what you're getting into but it she sounded great the band sounded great so yeah the live band thing can be uh, it could be yeah. a little hit or miss. It's like every episode of Glee, they just start playing, and you're like, "Where did this band come from? How do they just play without?" Yeah, it's like improving, but yes, yeah. definitely. And is there any equivalent in Asia? I have no idea. To okay. be honest, yeah, okay. I know we have bands. Um, like I know, like there are professional bands and whatnot, but I don't know if they play in those spaces since they are rented out rooms. Got it. Okay, cool. All right, we'll give this point to the U.S. All right, all right, cool. Uh, well, in the U.S., we have carpool karaoke, 
We also have funny TV shows and movies with funny and embarrassing drunk karaoke scenes or flipped, surprisingly good and empowering karaoke scenes. Those are really good. <laughs> and I can only speak for Korea on this, but um, I do watch a lot of Korean variety shows, particularly the variety show called Running Man, which is on uh, 10 years. Uh, yeah, every week for 10 years um, where karaoke has been played in many, many, many different ways for entertainment. Um, so Running Man is a show where a bunch of celebrities come and play games and they run across the country together and they do all of these crazy um, humorous tactics and, and they cheat and they lie and they steal things just to win. And it's all it's all for fun, though. Um, karaoke has been played on roller coasters. They literally taped the microphones to their hands and strapped in the speakers and put the cameramen in front and behind them and said, you're going to film backwards. And they've done it at the gym, like I mentioned before. So they attach the microphones to the dumbbells and you have to lift it or they attach it to the, um, what is it, the chin up and so you have to do oh, a chin up to get the pull to up it. Bar, the yeah. pull up bar thank you um or um the end of the rubber band so you have to you know do the splits and stretch all the way to get to it um they also have uh, microphones that dangle from the ceiling but the ceiling is like 12 feet so you have to stand on someone else to get close enough to it mm. um they've also had uh there was one particular episode where they slingshotted somebody <laughs> during right. like throughout the song so they're bouncing all around Got and it. there was another one where they had to pedal the bike to power the karaoke machine so, so it's like if you're not know, pedaling do they know the event like do they no, know no. The... they don't know going no in. okay yeah. so they go in and we're like we're gonna play this game and Got here it. are the rules, and here here's what's going on. Okay. And then you get a giant reaction from them, and they're like, "Okay, I guess." Um, and <laughs> I guess. And the, the actually the bike one, I had to watch it again because I was like, I don't remember what happened in that episode. And um, the first twenty seconds had me dying because he's sitting on the bike trying to pedal so that the not only does the music play, but also you can see the lyrics on the screen, and they're doing. Um, Gangnam style okay, and so he's okay. pedaling and you have to pedal I guess really really fast otherwise you get no content at all so he's Got pedaling it. super fast and he's basically crying and he's like oh Gangnam style huh. and it it cracked me up because his face just was so desperate and he's Got a celebrity it. it made me feel bad but uh it's hmm. hilarious don't feel bad for them celebrities don't feel bad for them they're fine <laughs> they have enough money to dry their tears enough notoriety to get over the embarrassment you have a huge heart katie but uh -uh, don't feel bad for them well they also do a lot of slapstick comedy too got it well there's no call to action for this episode because you know karaoke is what it is you like it or you don't you do it or mm -hmm. you don't so instead of, of giving you a call to action i'm going to spring a question on you katie Oh, what's your karaoke song and why? Usually it's anything sung by a male um, because that is a range that I can do. Even if, if a male sings, I guess, in a soprano, whatever set, whatever you call it, I can at least reach that a little bit better than I would if a female was singing in the same bar mm. or key got it um maybe because like i don't know maybe because my voice is a little bit i don't know why i'm thinking like wider or something i don't know but i feel like my voice has something in it that makes it i don't know seem more in board or online with i don't know male voices yeah i think i can harmonize better with not that i can harmonize at all but i think i can harmonize better uh, I can at least feel like I'm sounding the same as them. I don't disagree with you on that. I I don't have a go-to karaoke song. I cannot tell you the last time that I got up and was like, that song there. I will tell you that when someone does Mr. Brightside by The Killers, mm, yes. it doesn't bother me. And I do find that for some odd reason when women sing that song, I am especially drawn to it. Like, ooh, yes, keep singing that Brandon Flowers loveliness to me. Like, I love it. But I do remember a couple of years ago going to a holiday party. I was a plus one for a friend at a holiday party. We went to a karaoke place afterwards in Little Tokyo. 
and you know i'm the like sour puss in the corner who's like i'm not gonna sing i'm not gonna sing i'm not gonna sing i'm not gonna sing <laughs> and my friend's co-worker was like come on like who loves karaoke was like come on just sing like come on i'll sing with you it's like okay like, what, what do you want to sing going to? <laughs> well i don't think she expected me to pick the song that i did i was okay. like okay i'll sing let's do scream by grimes which full disclosure she was japanese american and the singer of that song is japanese is, is japanese and mm. the chorus of that song is grimes screaming so i was like you're gonna do the song <laughs> and i'm gonna do the chorus and that's li- literally my extent was like i'm just going to scream into this mic because that's about as much uh love as i'm giving to karaoke into this mm. moment because i love being pressured to do anything you just reminded me um i used to go to a summer camp for korean americans and the entire like two years in a row i think the entire time all we did was sing and dance to different songs huh and one of one of the songs that we would always sing i don't know even know why was living on a prayer with on jovi i don't know why but this was like Uh yeah back in the prime i guess of of when that came out um or not when it came out but like when it was all the all the hype it was hot um yeah that and uh there was a few others there's some korean songs there was um this one kid who did like all the madonna songs <laughs> there's always one there's yeah. always one yeah mm-hmm. um and then he but then he was like oh no i didn't do that and we're like yeah we have a video proof mm. but um don't stop believing you know obviously was was another one sure barbie girl yep. um oh gosh what were the hit other? me baby one more time britney spears we didn't do that one okay but yes um I'm surprised that we actually didn't. Oh, um, I want it that way. Backstreet mm. Boys. Mm-hmm. Oh yes, the 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 boy band did mm-hmm. Yes, got it. Uh huh. Our uh, male counselors did that one, and I'm then sure. uh, Jonas Brothers had to do that. We had three brothers, um, so we were like, "You're the Asian Jonas Brothers." I think the Joe Bros were a little bit like in terms of what they did. I think they were a little bit after after my time because I'm not super familiar with them. Oh yeah, maybe they're in between. I don't know. They were like peak my time. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Got it. It was like they were becoming famous, like as I was going through high school. I think they had that song "Burning Up," didn't mm-hmm. they? Burning up for you, baby. Yes. Okay. Gomez. Okay. Gomez okay. That song I remember. <laughs> <laughs> that song. That's, I that's actually that would be an interesting topic too because I feel like the younger generations don't really know about the Jonas Brothers either because they had the hiatus. What are you talking about? I have no clue what you're talking about. So the Jonas Brothers were becoming famous when I was growing up. And then they just dropped off the face of the earth all of a sudden. Not literally, but basically they stopped doing music. They broke up. They were done. They were moving on with their lives. Nick did Broadway. Joe did DNCE. Kevin was having kids. And then they got back together like last year or the year before. And so basically every child who grew up in that in-between phase, which was multiple years, had like no idea who they are. And they're still like, I don't really know who the Jones brothers are aside from like that one song, Sucker or whatever. Interesting. Um, Yeah. So there's. They gave us cake by the ocean, didn't they? Yes. That song still slaps to mm-hmm. this day. Okay. And an Asian bassist. Oh, you know what? I do think I do. Re- She's a female, isn't she? She's Korean, yeah. Yes. Okay. I think I remember the like cover for that single and being like, mm. oh, snap. They got a mm. woman up in here and she's mm. Asian. Okay. What up, girl? Um. Okay. Okay. I always sort of assumed that was a Jonas Brothers song, but apparently it's not. Um. Wow. Oh, <laughs> I remember going to a Jonas Brothers concert and they had a K-pop group as their opening. They were ahead of the curve. Yeah, the Wonder Girls. They were um, way ahead of the curve because yeah. now we can't get enough of K-pop in America. Yeah. That was uh I forgot about that until hmm. now. But yeah, they had they had the Wonder Girls and the Wonder Girls got their own Nickelodeon movie in English. Wow. I guess. Nobody Y'all, knows about that, I guess. All so many things, day. so many so- things. <laughs> <laughs> I'll stop. <laughs> if you heard this episode and it made you reminisce, we want to know what is your karaoke song? 
Yes. What were your karaoke memories? Tell us. Reach out to Guilty us on pleasures. Instagram. It's anything. Do you have a chosen sort of karaoke uh, skit get up? Are you just waiting to get back into the karaoke bars? We want to hear about it. Mm-hmm. Find us on Instagram at Black and Yellow Podcast. Tell us about it. Tell us how you like this show. Or you can send us a long, lengthy email just to give us your thoughts or tell us what's up at podcastblackandyellow at gmail.com. You can also find us individually on the gram. I'm Alana Webster, but at the gram, they call me at Renegade of Fun. And I'm Katie Ohashi, and you can find me at Diz Villain Scholar. And also, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review to help keep this little show of ours going. If you're on Apple, po- eh, if you're on Apple Podcasts, that's the little purple icon, go ahead and hit a little five stars. Your review can be as sm- as short and sweet as awesome, great, cool show. <laughs> Whatever you would like to do, it really helps for us to propel this forward. We'll be back next week. Talk to you later, guys. Bye. Bye.